0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Claremotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Claremotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, We identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gartner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and, more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotiv.ca/ims. Or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at Tyler at Clearmotive.ca T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello, and a warm collision YYC Malcolm to Mr. Peter. Is it Verberg? I should ask you before I went and pronounced it on air.
1: <laughs> you can say Verberg. Okay. Yeah. How would you say it? Mm. Verberg. Okay,
0: all right, just checking. The way you kind of pose, I thought yeah. you were giving me just some to- great <laughs>
1: A, a slight, a slight difference in the uh, in in where you uh, emphasize the uh, the the consonants. I,
0: I, I appreciate that. I
1: figure. I've but you did a you did a great job. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Peter. <laughs> I if you can get the name right out of the gate, you're off to a good uh, good start. You're a founder and CEO at Numi Health Inc. You guys have been around for about the past four years in Calgary. As far as again, I'm creeping on LinkedIn as we all do these days. But I'd love to start off. We just you and I just jumped into an elevator, Peter. How are you? Tell me what Numi is all about, and we got 30 floors. What uh, what's uh, give us the elevator speech.
1: Yeah, well, Numi Health, Numi Health is a, is a digital health company, um, and uh, over the last few years, we uh, developed a what we call a, a hub and spoke distribution model for uh, for delivering healthcare services in a, in a new way. Uh, and that new way, as we conceived of it years ago, was uh, was first mobile service, so delivering service to people's homes or or offices, um, and then. Uh, Virtual care was the second piece of that where uh, people could receive a virtual visit from a from a nurse or a doctor. And so we started working on this platform long before the pandemic Mm -hmm. began. Um, but really that's what we're creating is effectively this, this hub and spoke distribution model. And we can talk a little bit more about what that means.
0: Does does that put you guys in the middle? Like, is this a platform play in the sense that you are that, that hub exactly. And then you've got the patients on one side and I don't want to overuse the obvious analogies, Uber, Airbnb, pick, pick the platform. Is is that square, is that squarely where you guys live, but in the healthcare space specifically?
1: Yeah, it, like another way to think about it is uh, is, is a two sided marketplace. It's a little bit of an old fashioned term, uh, but but basically, um, you know, on one side you do have the health practitioners uh, that um, are making themselves available. Uh, they've got different scopes of practice, uh, different schedules, different styles of practicing, in, in, in terms of how they want to practice, whether it's mobile or virtual or a combination thereof. And then on on the other side, you have the consumers that are looking for um, more convenient care essentially. And so, you know, we try to bridge that essentially.
0: So as a business model obviously you guys need the technology that allows these two groups to be able to connect you know seamlessly and in, in with privacy I'm also assuming there's a vetting process for you obviously healthcare pro- professionals they are a, it, it is an educated group they have credentials they accreditations how much of your uh, how much of the the model is making sure you also have the right like two sided so we'll, we'll talk about the customers in a minute but on the side of the service provider which is so critical I'm assuming that's a big part of the business to make sure that that's vetted and 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 high quality at all times,
1: yeah, it's it's huge. and And we've been you know we've been doing this at the start. We've taken great care and caution to ensure that you know we're doing everything right uh, in terms of that vetting process and 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 building systems in place that uh, will allow us to scale this this uh, more easily. Okay. But yeah, at the beginning, it's it's been more of a almost a a manual labor intensive process of, you know, interviewing our nurses, um, making sure that uh, our medics, making sure that they they fit the kind of culture that we're looking to to create uh, with our with our team of health practitioners, obviously making sure that they have all of the credentials. Um, and in this day and age, that in includes checking to make sure they've been fully vaccinated, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we're we're doing all of those things in order to ensure that our customers have a great experience. Because really, um, to be effective, you know, it does take, obviously, the technology has to work. Um, that's important. But the people also have to be, um, you know, the best of the best in our minds um, and deliver really that exceptional level of care for for the people that come onto our platform.
0: One of the challenges for the platform economy, it's like you've got to control you to, for your brand to be looked at the way I'm assuming you need it to be looked at, to be trusted and, and adopted too. You've got to control, control. I'm using these words loosely control this group of individuals that are technically not under employment with you. They're just part of your network. Like it's, it's an interesting challenge. Like it's easy to look at it from outside and go, wow, this sounds amazing. You know, you've joined these two groups together, matches made and people getting the services they wanted, but there's a lot of, Control, and I use that word again loosely. The illusion of control is often what it is in traditional business, where you can you 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 set mechanisms in place for culture, you hire and you vet. Where these fundamentally are, they're not they're not employees of Numi, correct? These are independents that that kind of run their own independent businesses, or am I not looking at that right?
1: No, we do have a lot. Most of our uh, healthcare staff are contractors that engage with us as contractors. We do have full time people um, as we've grown and as we we've, we've become. More busy. What we've done is 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 effectively um, hired, you know, more and more health professionals because we just have so much business coming at us, and we need their availability in our system in order to okay, um, in order to 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 ensure that customers can find the um, you know f- get the appointments they need. Basically, um, you know the 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 one thing that you you deal with with uh, contractors who are also you know, kind of straddling the fence and and working in hospitals or working in in other um, healthcare settings is that, you know, there's this sort of competition for their time. And and obviously for the good ones, there's even more competition for their time. And so, um, you know, so we, you know, we're always, you know, struggling with that a little bit we have been over the last uh, year just because of the pandemic and and what it's done with the healthcare sector and and how it's it, it's kind of changed things
0: well the simple supply and demand factor of like that's a that's a delicate balance to to be able to ride all the time to be have access to people's time but to make sure you have the right customers but if i'm a customer and i go on and i'm prompted and motivated and i'm in the moment of making an appointment and i can't get the appointment i wanted i'm dissuaded very quickly from then ah oh, the system didn't I didn't get that Uber within three minutes, (laughs) not to, not to bring it down to that, but man, we, we are highly demanding as, as consumers these days.
1: (laughs) For sure. Yeah. The, you know, the, the bar has been set in a way by, (laughs) by a lot of these, uh, delivery services that are active now. And, and so, um, you know, healthcare is a little bit different. I think, I don't think people approach it with the same necessarily always approach it with the same level of urgency or expectation that they're going to get something absolutely immediately. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely a, a segment of our <laughs> customer base that uh, that does like uh, like stuff right away. Um, you know, the other thing that ben- we benefit from is that we're because we're doing things differently. What we find is that, um, you know, the, the health professionals that engage with us, they are uh, they, they love uh, working with us. They love what we're doing. Um, it's so different from their prior experience um, in healthcare. And and they like the feedback loop that they get from the customers because the customers are wowed by the experience. And then that makes them feel good about what they're doing. You know, and then we do other things. We, we, we try to show our appreciation for them, uh, whether that's by um, awarding you know, equity incentives um, after a certain amount of time, uh, paying out quarterly bonuses uh, out of the out of the earnings of the company. Different things like that. And, you know, just to give you one example, uh, we've got a nurse up in Edmonton that um, has been with AHS for for 30 years. And uh, on her 30th anniversary, she got a $25 gift certificate from AHS.
0: You're better better not to do anything at all, I would say, at that point. (laughs)
1: As as she said, she didn't even get a dollar for every year of service. Um, and, and we paid her, you know, one quarterly bonus just after she started. That was, um, you know, that was many, many multiples. (laughs) It was more than a
0: $25 gift card. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. And and so she was just like blown away by it. She was like, what, this is crazy. Like I I've never, I've never been, I've never in all my years in healthcare, I've never worked in an environment like this where, you know, where I'm, where I'm valued, um, the way that, that you guys value us. And you know, that. (laughs) <laughs> that was nice to hear and and i think it 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 it's a reason why we've been able to attract some really high quality professionals and um and and keep them basically
0: I, so as a consumer looking at the business side of what allowed that to function and I want to be careful to use this term because I know it's a bit of a hot topic. Is this a private, this is a private pay model. Like I was on your, I downloaded your app this morning and went in and went through as much as I could to feel like a customer. And I was like, there was clearly a transaction and a cart and it felt very familiar that way to the way I do other transactions online, but maybe not to how I'm used to quote unquote transacting in the healthcare space. Mm.
1: (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is. uh, You know, it's kind of, so what what we're doing is we're primarily, it's a private pay model for consumers, um, but we do have um, corporate customers, for example, that um, in, in where the company is paying for the services that we deliver okay. to the individuals, in which case it's more of a B2B2C yep. model. Um, and, then, uh, and then we've got, well, yeah, and then we've got... Uh, you know the B2, b2c but that's comprised of a bunch of different things there's the there's the strictly private pay type services that we offer whether it's uh bl- blood work at home for uh, one of our private pay test panels you know if you're curious about your heart health or your liver health you can hmm. you can uh we we've got custom built uh panels for uh different types of uh, biomarker screening and and so, you know, if you've got a history of heart disease in your family, maybe you're going to order up that heart health uh, panel. Now you might also in Canada go to your doctor mm-hmm. and and say, hey doc, I want to, you know, got this history in my, my family and your doc said, might say, hey, well, you know, let's let's do a little screen. He might give you a requisition that that basically uh, checks off all the of exact same biomarkers that are in our heart health panel. And in that case, you could take that requisition and you could go over to uh, one of the uh, community lab collection sites that uh, where where you can have your blood drawn for free, uh, so quote unquote for free. Yeah. I mean, we all pay for it through our taxes, but you can you can you don't have to pay out of pocket, and um, and then you know your results will will go back to your doctor. Now, the the, the way that the system is currently set up. That's a really um, that can be a very frustrating and, and inefficient experience for a lot of people, uh, and and that's really the 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 thing that we're trying to solve. So, so in this case, what you could do is you can instead use us to go and come to you to collect your sample. Um, you're what you're really paying for there is you're paying for the convenience of that nurse or medic coming to your house. Um, you're you're not. You're not paying for the lab chemistry, so to speak. So on our private pay uh, panels, okay. you're paying for the lab chemistry. Uh, but if you just uploading your public, your, your doctor, the the lab requisition your doctor gave you, then all you're paying for is the the convenience. And, you know, it's, you know, it's less than a hundred bucks. It's, it's not that expensive. It costs less than having a plumber come to your house mm. uh, basically. And this is, you know, much more invasive <laughs> <laughs> for you personally. Just checking the pipes, um, but in a different than, way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Different pipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. But um, but uh, but yeah, so so there's different ways that people can engage with us. In some cases, some of the services are covered, in fact, by the public system um, and people are paying for more of the convenience of having stuff done in their home. Um, and you're going to see us evolve over time. We're, we're moving into um, some services that are more uh, more within the public okay. realm. And um, and so. You'll see uh, you'll see a, a variety of different options available to you um, through the platform uh, over time, but uh, but that's that's the way it's constructed. Okay. Right so now.
0: what I'm hearing is like, you know a couple different trends. Obviously, the one is like just culturally, we want more and more personalized. We are taking more. I think, you know, dominion over our own health and wanting to, like, you know, I, I I recently had a blood panel done. I asked my doctor for the results. He looked at me like I had two heads. Like, why do you want the results? Like, why would I even share that with you? And he wasn't being, <laughs> it wasn't bad. He wasn't being, but I could tell he just was like, well, why? I'm like, well, I'm going on this retreat. And as I had to justify to, for something that I was really curious about. And, you yeah, know, I've got Google. I'm going to go check my numbers and I'm going to do my own research and, which sometimes the medical community feels like they don't like that very much in Canada anyways. <laughs> That's been my own personal anecdote recently. I had that experience happen. So I saw some of the panels that I can yeah, order no. on yours. I was like, Oh, this feels very empowering. Like I can go get the information I want to get to be, take control. Or again, back to that word of control a lot today over my own health.
1: <laughs> yeah. When, when you want it, um, where you want it, uh, basically on your times, your terms, that's, that's essentially, I mean, that was, that was one of our original sort of, uh, slogans was, uh, your, your test your tests, your, your time, your terms. And, and basically you know um the the there's things that the health system aside from access to information which you know has has traditionally been pretty challenging and and i hear you i mean i was kind of it was one of the inspirations actually for the business was a similar kind of experience that i had you know calling my doctor um, looking for my results and 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 the, and the person on the other end of the line who was not the doctor but the uh, the office admin, kind of incredulously asking you know why why do you want your results well well just because I'm curious Absolutely. <laughs> um, and it's my information um, and it's interesting right like we're moving into we're moving into a new uh, a new I think a new era in terms of uh, how people view their information and and their control of their own information you know in in web 2.0 we we kind of gave um, companies like Facebook and Instagram the uh, access to our information and we let them Basically, monetize our information <laughs> without us getting anything for it, um, and and you know the whole trend uh, you know toward Web 3.0, which I, I, I'm sure you're uh, very familiar with, is 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 more toward the um, this concept of people being able to own their own data, and and if there's monetization that can happen from that ownership, uh, then then they should benefit from it directly. And there's some implications um, uh, for healthcare on that front um, because you know the system is still very much uh, you know designed to kind of hoard information and 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 not make it readily available and, and also not give um, patients control of it and the ability to monetize it if they um, you know if if they want to. Just pulling um, pulling on that
0: thread a little bit, digital health, it rolls off the tongue really nicely. Uh, Again, knowing people that are involved in the space, it seems to be that it has been Slow to act. Like, you know, the biggest competition for innovation in Alberta was the fax machine. I've heard someone spend and then mu- the budget they you hear about <laughs> about the the, ma- the budget that's spent on toner is a whole nother conversation. When you start pulling on those threads, because of privacy and because of the this is the way we've always done it. And again, I'm curious to your opinion. It seems from the outside. That as a consumer, I would expect this industry to be changing faster to to match what those other things I'm used to in my world, but it feels like healthcare has been slow and been dragging. It, you, what's your kind of opinion on that? And has that been an opportunity for you guys, or has that kind of got in the way, or a little bit of both?
1: No, I, I mean, I think um, I think healthcare is one of the last really big industries to 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 basically um, you know enter the modern age mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, you know um the decentralization of service and the access to and, and in terms of access to information and and, and easier access to services so no I, I feel like it's still early days i mean obviously there's been a big push over the last year uh, just because of the pandemic mm-hmm. you've seen uh, many virtual care providers kind of crop up you've seen uh, you know pharmacy uh, online or cloud pharmacy um operations sort of spring up. and And so there's you know there's there's a bunch of new players that are kind of emerging and there's different approaches to the market and and everyone's got kind of their unique slant, their unique angle. Um, you know the thing that we're doing that's different uh, from many of the so-called uh, virtual care providers is that we have this last mile solution, which is, the ability to have somebody come to your house mm-hmm. and to, to order that up very easily. Um, kind of more of a blended, you know, blended play.
0: If you want to look at the reality of still face to face where a lot of platforms are going these pure digital roads and they don't have that as that that is, whereas humans, I still see that there's always a blend. It's like, you know, omni-channel, I might want to go online, but I still might want to go down to the store to pick it up. Cause I want the thing right away. I need that to be seamless as a consumer.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the doctors, if you talk to doctors, they'll tell you that uh, the pandemic opened their eyes to the fact that about 80% of what they do can be conducted virtually. Mm-hmm. And and now we have these virtual billing codes and things like that. So so they can actually conduct a lot of their business. Um, they don't need their, their brick and mortar office anymore uh, to the same extent that they used to. So that raises, you know, sort of interesting questions about the, the operating model of of medical doctors, uh, basically in, in Canada and, and how might that evolve? And, you know, we're actively working on some solutions for that, um, that work well with the, the other piece of our, of our business, which is that, you know, solving that 20% problem, uh, where, you know, you, you, you do actually need to touch the patient. Um, you need to, to be in the room with them and, um, in order to perform an exam. And so, you know, and, and not all of that needs to happen also in a, some of that needs to happen in a, in a doctor's office or in a, you know, in, a, in some site, mm-hmm. but not all of it does. Some of that can happen in the person's house. Um, you know, and then you've got some other trends. You've got, you know, an aging population, uh, needs for the need for, uh, you know, elder care. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a huge one. Uh, you know, people are going to be, um, wanting, you, you know, people my age are, are looking for solutions to, um, you know, provide, Uh, care options for their elderly parents and so how you know how can they do that in a in a simple way in a way where they're getting feedback on what's happening um, where they can track and and be on top of what's going on with their parents Um, and and um, so yeah there's a bunch of things happening I guess in the market both in terms of the demographics and and uh, and and in terms of you know what uh, how things have evolved during the pandemic that I think points the way to Much more um, growth and innovation in this area.
0: Interesting. It it feels, yeah, the last 20 months has absolutely been an accelerator for so many trends. Are you guys, am I correct? You guys are based here in Calgary?
1: Yeah. We're based in Calgary. And is this,
0: I guess, limitations you have from different provinces, different jurisdictions, different regulations. Is this Alberta now? Is it right across Canada? I apologize. I was doing some digging and I was like, oh, I, didn't, I don't think I answered this question. What's your limit in terms of opportunity to influence and how much does regulatory, does that hold you back or is that not a factor?
1: You know, it's it, it doesn't hold us back, but it does require work to understand the the regulations in the different jurisdictions that you want to operate in. And you do have to figure out, you know, what are the... Uh, what are the requirements for that jurisdiction? I mean for the most part, uh, it, it really comes down to the um, privacy laws and then also the regulations uh, around, you know who can do what in the in the province and who can bill for what. Okay. Um, so you know you need to, if you're engaging uh, with patients in, say, British Columbia, you know you need to have uh, a nurse practitioner. Uh, or an ordering provider in that province who's registered in that province. you need to have uh, staff who are who are you know registered nurses uh, or, or medics or whatever have you in that province um, and and same thing in Alberta and in, in Manitoba. And so what it becomes is it becomes almost like a bit of a, a barrier to entry because we've actually moved quite a way down the road of figuring all of that out and of active, actively engaging with uh, health practitioners in different provinces. So, you know, we're active right now in in three provinces, okay. um, and and we're very close to sort of kicking off operations in uh, in Ontario as well. And so, you know, that will then, you know, um, and and so what what's involved in that is you know a study of what the regulations and laws are in that province, making sure that you have the health practitioners engaged who are licensed mm-hmm. in that province, and um, and then you can kind of you can kind of get going.
0: And I've heard it, I've had other guests on the show or had certainly been in conversations where people talked about, you know, Technology comes to the health space sometimes from a technology perspective and completely underestimates the requirements and the regulations and the privacy and the hoops you need to jump through and because it's interesting you know this world of digital and technology being an underpinning of everything there's a lot of tech based solutions that show up in sectors where they don't necessarily understand the nuance that's kind of what I'm hearing you say a little bit which also I'm imagining can contribute to maybe the the slow rate of change where yeah this is a great technology but because of privacy or just because of the way the regulatory set up it never gets to see the light. Today to actually impact patients,
1: yeah, yeah, it, it, for sure. There's no shortcuts uh, in this in this sector. You really have to understand things, um, you know, in, in quite a bit of detail. And there's cost involved in that too. I mean, I just engaged, uh, I just engaged a law firm in the U.S. that specializes in U.S. healthcare law um, that has operations in 22 states that is, you know, giving us um, kind of a you know initial high level overview of what we need to do in different states that we're targeting uh, for potential launch here in the next 12 months. And so, you know, there's, there is there um, is there is quite a bit of legwork that you have to do um, up front in order to make sure that you're, you're not gonna trip over yourself. And you can see the implications of that, like, uh, you know, uh, Babylon, the, the product from Telus, you know, that uh, it was, you know, made some waves in Alberta uh for a variety of reasons uh last year they um you know they ended up having this report uh um, uh, this report came out by the privacy commissioner that found you know some some issues um and i'm not going to comment on the you know the validity of that report or or of the issues that were identified but you know it just points to the fact that you know you you want to make sure that you're you're not going to get caught by similar kinds of uh problems because it you know then it shows up in the
0: it does, which I, I, rem- I remember brand. that media right. story at the day that that broke about about what that is. And yeah, it creates some, yeah. again, like you said, good, bad, or indifferent. Once it hits the media, it kind of takes on a life of its own. Um, curious, journey of a, oh, maybe I'll ask this question. Are you, do you still consider yourselves a startup? it seems like a loaded question these days when I talk to, you know, you can be the 10 year startup, you can be, no, we were a startup, but now we're here. Where would you guys like, just thinking about growing this, this, this business, it's four and a half years old, so relatively new, but in the world of startup, you could be far past the word startup. I'm not sure. How would you, how would you (laughs) frame that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I still think of us as a startup for sure. Um, You know, we're, we're, we're on the path. Um, Obviously we've, we've had some, Early success that has been, um, you know, been made possible by by the pandemic um, because of the the dramatic need for um, accessible testing and, and and virtual care things like that. Um, that's definitely helped us. Uh, you know, we we started. You know, the idea kind of originated a few years ago, um, and then there was kind of a long period where um, I was busy on a couple of other ventures that I had uh, helped get off the ground. And it was not a, a big focus, uh, you know, kind of had some, uh, a few members of the team sort of in the background pecking away at the idea, um, slowly developing an MVP. Um, but, you know, it didn't, we didn't really start operating until 2020. So in some ways we're, you know, uh, okay. you could okay. say that we're, we're, we're only a year old, um, you know, because we've really been operating for for about a year. And um, and you know, in that time, I mean, we've gone from you know one person uh, employee, one one employee to you know close to a hundred now, <laughs> um, and so we've grown very quickly. Uh, we did it on a very low capital base in terms of you know raising initial capital to kind of get the company launched, and we've been we've been funding our development through cash flow uh, nice. since the Q1. Um, so yeah, it's been. So it's been, you know, it's been good. Uh, we're we're definitely um, in a good place in terms of uh, being able to uh, reinvest in, in our ideas and um, and and bring them to market. And you know, we've got lots of different things that we're working on uh, in terms of development of the platform. And you know, in the meantime, we continue to just try to um, do what we can to to help people through the pandemic.
0: That's impressive. Congratulations on that's a great that's a great story from the ability to reinvest, reinvest in our ideas. I love I like how you framed that. Um so clearly the the talent, like zero to hundred in a very short period of time. How's how's been talent acquisition for you? Have you been able to hire locally? Are your staff dispersed? Because you know, we've got so many resources needed, you know, ingredients to make the cake rise properly. You got the funding worked out, you've clearly got some customer, you had some product market fit early that people really resonated with. The healthcare practitioner industry seemed to really resonate with you guys, which is because you created value for them as well. How about the employees? Was that a challenge or were you able to find the people you needed to, to fuel the thing?
1: Yeah, we've been we've been fortunate that we've been able to attract, um, as I said earlier, some very high quality um, health professionals. And, and you know, word of mouth has been, we've benefited from word of mouth. So, you know, we've, we've brought in good people who have brought in other good mm-hmm. people. Um, And that's been a that's been a big positive for us. The you know, it depends on what you're talking about, right? Um, The the on the tech side, the tech development side, I think that's probably where we've um, we've had the most challenge just, you know, on the recruitment side. Uh, There seems to be a a dearth of, uh, you know, uh, high quality developers out there that uh, that aren't already engaged in in, you know, some other company. Um, potentially making a lot more money than we could afford to pay them uh, just because we're, you know, in the early days. But, um, but, you know, we're, we're figuring out our way through that as well. Uh, we have, uh, you know, managed to, we we do have some developers in India. Uh, so, uh, we've, we've been recruiting them and they work uh, directly for us. And, um, and and they're they're awesome uh awesome individuals that do awesome work and um so we're excited to to be able to uh um to have those developers on the team and then you know we were we're starting to build our own development team here as well and um and and that's you know that that's where it's a, a little more challenging but we're we're making some progress so uh it is definitely you know a tight uh it's it's a tight situation out there on the employment side for sure. sure
0: yeah, and I was definitely leaning towards the technical side because clearly a topic that comes up consistently on the show. And you know, we've got the great ideas, but we don't we can't get any developers. Curious, you're overseas. Maybe just walk us through a little bit of that because I've heard great stories about you know overseas teams. I've heard horror stories about overseas teams. <laughs> so Did you have someone on your on your team that had connections, or did you just? go out and start searching, just maybe just curious on how, you know, it sounds like that's going really well for you, you know, use the word awesome a lot, which is a good sign. Um, uh, you know, how was that journey? Did you have to take a few runs at it or did you, did you, I don't want to say luck out cause it's, that's, that's putting it to chance, but were you successful fairly early in finding those resources?
1: Yeah. Um, so we're, we're fortunate in that, um, we, um, you know, very early on in the company's life, um, one of the individuals that was involved um, is from india and and he made some introductions for okay. us to uh, to some developers and uh, we actually uh, didn't end up engaging those developers until last year and um, and began working with them on on our MVP and uh, we did all the design work um, in in calgary and then we we just had them uh, do the the code. Okay and um and they moved very quick and 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 uh and did a did did a did a pretty good job in a short period of time since then um we have uh been fortunate very fortunate to bring on um uh, an incredible um individual who serves as our cto um he came out of benevity and um and he um also happens to be of Indian descent. And so that's been quite uh, beneficial because he has sort of, uh, you know, he used to work in India, uh, but he's been in, in North America for some time and um, and he's been able to, you know, he knows the, the culture there and it's huge. Knows, uh, yeah. people. And, and so it's been, it's been huge. Like he's been able to uh, find new people, uh, bring new people on, um, work very closely with them. And, um, and it's been, uh, yeah, it's been really good for us for sure. So it's yeah, it's connections,
0: nothing, nothing much in life happens without a relationship somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the mix. I love the story a little bit of the, you know, a lot of times I'm talking with guests about, you know, we're early in our cycle in Calgary in this startup ecosystem where we need more exits to put more people back into the system. So to hear, you know, you know, if you're in Calgary and you've got your your ears open at all, you know, the Benevity story, it's a great story. And But you know they've had an event and they've changed. And I know a few really good people that now have left and gone to other companies that are adding their value. So to hear that Mm -hmm. that was part of that, to me, that gives me a lot of confidence that we're starting to move down that path of becoming a little bit more of a mature ecosystem, being Calgary, because it's great to talk about the startup ecosystem, but you need some exits to get some new flesh, to get the, you know, we get get that wheel needs to turn. And I know we're still kind of feels like early days. So to hear you have that story, to me, that's, I hope that you start hearing more of those kind of popping up because it's a force multiplier for companies like yours
1: yeah for sure I hope that in a few years uh, some of the core leadership team of our uh, of our company is is part of that trend That's right true. because it's not just you know it's not just the people uh, coming out but it's also you know capital right So when you've got people in a company like Benevity that can exit with a big win, mm-hmm. now they're looking for ways to, to redeploy capital and, and, and looking at uh, other new startups and, and wanting to contribute their ideas not really ready for retirement. You know, and 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 that's that's a huge huge benefit to uh, to any city to have a uh, you know a growing population of individuals like that who are contributing to the ecosystem. And you've seen that over the years. I mean, we've had we've had examples of that uh, for sure. There's you know names like Brad Zumwalt yep. and, and and individuals like that who've you know had some success, and then they're they're reinvesting in the. In the in the local economy, mm-hmm.
0: James Lockery, Pat Lore, like Judy Fairburn, like you can For run sure. the list, and the, you know I love about Concord. Yeah. It's a big small town. We could you and I could probably list off a good group of them just off off the cuff. I do love the big small town that For we're sure. in. What's your view? And obviously, you know I love uh, on your LinkedIn. You, you know it's, it says entrepreneur under your name. Then it gets into your roles, which I really like that you that you lead with that. So clearly, being part of this community and and being in this market. What's your views on this, you know, startup ecosystem? And like, it's buzzword central sometimes. But are you seeing positive trends? Are you like, are you optimistic, kind of, for the road ahead of Calgary as we diversify and pivot and all the buzzwords again into into a more diversified economy?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very optimistic. I mean, uh, you know, I guess, you know, the the thing about Calgary is that it it has this uh, it has this uh, as you know this um, can do spirit and um, get her done <laughs> even when it's even when it's down and and dragged through the mud it kind of wants to get up uh and and, and get back in the saddle and, and 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 get the job done and and so you know we we've been um we've been through a tough period i mean i've worked in the energy sector um you know on the finance side um, as an investment banker uh funding oil and gas companies and then later on as a uh, you know, working in private equity and as a venture capitalist, uh, putting together teams and and raising capital and, and funding those teams, and then you know sitting on the board and, and kind of uh, overseeing what's what's happening. And it's you know there've been some been some tough days since uh, since 2014 um, for for much of the uh, the industry. And you know the the industry is you know it's always gone through cycles, um, but it does feel a little bit different now. It feels like there is um, you know there's been uh, in some ways an exit, uh, from the industry, uh, you know, just people, uh, whether they're geologists. I mean, I know one guy that, uh, went out and started up a brewery in Canmore, uh, used to work in, in, in energy banking. I, I know geologists that are doing stuff in the tech space. Um, so, you know, these are all highly skilled professionals, uh, that, uh, you know, oil and gas engineers, uh, I mean, at, at the base, they're an engineer, right? They're problem solvers. Um, and, um, and they know how to go about it in a methodical way. And they can apply those skills um, to other industries. Uh, and they can get, you know, they can learn new skills. And and then, um, and so I think, you know, I think Calgary has uh, such a big base of, uh, uh, you know, technical skill uh, that with a bit of retooling um, can do, you know, lots of different things. And, and you're starting to see the I think you're starting to see the impact of that. You know, just even the the announcement was it yesterday or the day before by Amazon. Yeah, yeah I heard that this morning. That they're mm-hmm. gonna, yeah. So you know, they're starting up a new data center um, here in Alberta. You know, I mean, that is a testament to I think the fact that we we do have a, a young um, professional uh, workforce um, that has uh, deep technical skills. Uh, that can be counted on by uh, companies like mm-hmm. that. Because what's that? A nine hundred nine hundred headcount
0: eventual hire is what they're going to mm-hmm. what they've kind of stated it as.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. And those are the those are the investments that tend to really build build the ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, all these like incubators and things like that. They're all kind of you know they're nice, but the thing that really uh, is going to drive uh, you know the population. Um, coming from outside uh, Alberta to Alberta to work in that industry and then be available to get involved in other other types of businesses and and all that kind of thing that's those big companies making those investments and and really showing confidence in the in the sector in Alberta and you know if listen if you're a developer living in in Vancouver uh, and you see things like that um, and you see the opportunities and the job postings and then you look at the price of a house in Calgary (laughs) versus Vancouver (laughs) You know you're thinking, "Hmm, I might <laughs> I might, uh, might want to head over you there. Sell your right? condo in Vancouver um,
0: and buy a three-bedroom home with a backyard and a garage." <laughs> yeah. <Exactly.
1: laughs> no, 100%. Exactly. And, then, and then you get out here and you realize, "Gee, you know, all the the weather's actually pretty good here even in the in the middle of winter, you know? Here we are in, are in November and we've had uh, all this sunshine and beautiful weather for uh, for weeks, and uh, you know, I think Vancouver at this time of year is probably socked in by clouds and rain. So you yes. know, you might uh, you might think for any of those Vancouver
0: know, so. people listening to this podcast, you might want to come check it out. <laughs> by the way, the mountains are just down exactly. the road, very conveniently located. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. No, I hear you, Peter, and I think, I, I, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, and I think also I, I, I'm guilty of the fact people are like, well, what do you think about what's going on in Calgary? I'm like, well, I only talk to people that are doing positive things, so I tend to get a very positive vision, which is, I'm not complaining about that. But it's, it's the, 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 the adaptability and people willing to move and, like, you know, the cores of resilience and the ability to figure it out, because we've got highly skilled, highly talented people. It's just a matter of where they, where they apply that energy. And when they do, things happen. And I think we're starting to see, see that more and more. Mm.
1: For sure, for sure. You know, I, I've got a a friend who uh, who has a, a startup in Calgary that um, manufactures um, heavy lift drones. And you know, the the engineers that he partnered with to develop this technology at the at the beginning actually, um, you know, their prior uh, their prior business was developing uh, drilling rigs for uh, new drilling rig technology uh, for the oil and gas industry and. And now they're developing something completely different. And uh, again, it's just a you know, it, there's so many examples of that. Um, Transferable and, skills. Uh, <laughs> somebody was telling me the other day that uh, you can take this um, object oriented programming course at Sate. I think it. I think it's like a eight month program or okay. something like that. Can't remember what it costs. Not super expensive. But he, he came out of oil and gas. I think he was a geologist. He went and took that program, and he graduated um and he had a job just before he graduated actually from it and um, like a six figure job you know just uh, talk about reinvention right like um uh, and you know there's lots of stories like that's that. funny I, so it's, i've heard I a similar
0: story exciting. about a geologist who went to say it and retool it's funny i was like i've heard maybe a similar version of the story and i forget where they ended up but they 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 almost volunteered somewhere of like hey like i'm doing this new learning let me come in and help you and next thing you know he parlayed it into a job and you know completely changed his career in a relatively short period of time like not to underestimate that uh, you know, I signed on for a certain oil and gas journey and that journey has been changed. And now I, you know, after I get over that fact and then I lean in for eight months and then I've got something that's a, that can be applied almost immediately into maybe the salary I've grown accustomed to. That's a pretty successful story compared to the alternative.
1: <laughs> yep, for well, here, sure. I like, and I like you know, how we're ending on a positive get. note here, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's actually good news for the, for the long suffering oil and gas workers too, because there's, there's fewer of them. Yes. Uh, but but the world hasn't uh, run out of its need for energy. In fact, it's uh, it's still growing. And so that's a whole that's a despite, whole other pod, you know,
0: series of podcasts we could talk about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes,
0: I don't think that the curtain has not quite fallen on the energy sector as of as of yet. I, I agree that it looks different. I'm excited about the change that was forced to, was thrust upon us. But I still, that I have many many guests in the show. Who better and who better positioned to manage or be involved in the future of energy in all its forms than Western Canada? Like, come on, like we 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 got this <laughs> not to oversimplify
1: for sure for uh, sure peter
0: what's the best way i'm a, i got your website here in front of me and i downloaded your app this morning so very cool great you, i like your i love your user experience by the way it's it's not what i expect from the healthcare sector but what i've grown to expect from the digital sector so nice job because i'm quite sure that was the intention so newmehealth.com check it out <laughs> if someone wants to reach out learn about the company uh, any is there any other avenue they should take to get a hold of you guys aside from just visiting your website and connecting with you there
1: uh, that's the best way, um, to, to, um, you know, obviously, uh, you, you, know, you can, you call us, you can, you can use, uh, old style, uh, methods of communication for sure. Um, we, uh, one of the things we actually pride ourselves on is, um, is, is we have invested in. We know that a lot of people still like to pick up the phone and, and connect with an individual, and and so we you know we've invested in in call center capacity so that uh, I think the average wait time is forty five seconds for someone wanting to to speak to a live agent. Um, you could advertise that and, on um, a
0: billboard, speaking about old school, and get like I think I was on on hold with Best Ship for for five hours recently. So forty five seconds sounds oh, pretty yeah. appealing <laughs> compared to the alternative of anyone who ever tries to talk to another human.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've tried to, we, we've tried to, you know, uh, make that available to people. So yeah, phone, email, uh, go to the website, obviously uh, people can download the app um, and um, yeah, just, you know, uh, hopefully people will keep coming back to uh, and, you know, uh, because it's going to change here uh, in the not too distant future. We're adding a bunch of bells and whistles and different things to it. So nice. um, stay tuned.
0: I really, I really appreciate how this is a digital health play, but yet you've still kept the customer in mind and that the customer still needs to see someone in person. They still need, they still want to talk to someone on the phone. Like I hear the customer centricity of like, let's not forget what the customer needs just because we want to go with a pure digital play. And I, I take I kudos to that. Cause there's a lot of examples of companies that know it's hundred percent digital and they cut all that off. We're still humans and we're complex and we want what we want when and how we want it. <laughs> and I, I feel like you guys have really kept that as part of your, part of your North star. <laughs>
1: yeah no, it's it's definitely uh, definitely a good thing. Um, it's, uh, I think our customers appreciate it for sure. Well done.
0: Peter, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks Thank for your you. story and thanks for the uh, the innovation you guys are doing right here in our amazing city of Congre.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Great to meet you, Tyler.